Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am Mick Hammond. <laughs> Mick Hammond. Uh, yeah, I, guess I'd be, be... I guess I'd be Hammond Mac Chamberlain. There you go. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some there's there's a joke in there that I can play off and I can't think of what it is. Yeah, so I'm not yeah, even, it's not just Let's move on. It. Yeah, but uh, you know, I say one band at a time. I feel like we're going to be talking about three bands in one. Uh, we're going to be talking about Fleetwood Mac, a band that really came into prominence in the '70s, had a bunch of hits, had a bunch of huge hits, including one that got a resurgence a few years ago because of a video of a dude on a skateboard drinking ocean spray. <laughs> Did you not know that? I, I vaguely remember it, and I hadn't thought about it until you said it, and then all of a sudden I... <laughs> yeah. So also, absolutely. I feel like this this group, if if there had been... All of it had been taken place in the early 2000s, they all could have been on Big Brother, because this is like reality oh, TV sure. drama. It is. Real Housewives of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, would be exactly. Bravo TV show. Yeah. Let's get to it. We'll talk about what we mean by all that stuff, although you probably already can guess. Uh, Fleetwood Mac formed way back in 1967 in London by Peter Green and Mick Fleetwood. Uh, Mick Fleetwood had been playing with John Mayall and the, and the Blues Breakers uh, before that, which is cool because gotcha. I like John Mayall. That's where, so that's where he kind of got his chops and his start. Yep. Um, uh, so John Mayall gave Green, Peter Green, some recording time as a gift. So he, Mick Fleetwood, John McVie, and uh, Peter Green recorded five songs. One of the songs was an instrumental called Fleetwood Mac, short of, oh, just called Fleetwood Mac, short of without John McVie. They soon decided they want to start their own band. Peter Green and Mick Fleetwood brought in slide guitar player Jeremy Spencer and bass player Bob Bruning. Bob was under the condition that if McVie wanted in, he was in. That's cool. So what package deal? Yep. You get both of us or none of us. The first Fleetwood Mac show was in August of 1967. Shortly after that, McVie was in and Bob was out. I guess Bob, I guess McVie didn't feel the same way Bob did. Uh, apparently not. Yeah, I guess <laughs> not. But that is where the name came from. Obviously, Fleetwood is McFleetwood, but then the Mac is the Mick in McVie. Even though it's not McVie, it's McVie. Fleetwood Mick doesn't sound as good yeah. as Fleetwood Mac. And the Mick Fleetwood feels like a, a Winnie Bago or Winnie Bago name brand in the 70s. Now for the Mick Fleetwood. I think there is even is a Fleetwood uh, brand of uh, of campers, if I remember correctly. The 1968 debut album called Fleetwood Mac, also known as Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, reached number four in the UK, but only made only just made the top 200 at number 198 in the U.S., Black Magic Woman, which was famously covered by Santana, and Need Your Love So Bad were the first singles off of this album. Okay, until I typed that sentence a few weeks ago, I didn't mm -hmm. know Black Magic Woman was a Fleetwood Mac song until I yeah. typed that sentence and then listened to the album. Yeah, right? Because Santana uh, made it his. There's no it's It's the all along the watchtower of Fleetwood Mac because— It totally is. That's a yeah. such a Santana piece of music. It 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 so is, and— you can't imagine not having the Santana version of that song. You got your spell on me, baby. You got your spell on me, baby. Yes, you got your spell on me, baby. Turning my heart into stone. I need you so bad. 
Uh, also, that same year, they released Mr. Wonderful, uh, second album in 1968. It charted well in the UK again, but it failed to chart in the US. And it was another album that was all blues-inspired music. A lot of covers, a lot of blues originals, but boy, if you are only familiar with the 70s-era Fleetwood Mac, these these first few albums are... They'll give you whiplash. They're so different from what you're expecting. I was expecting and was not looking forward to the middle era, later era Fleetwood Mac stuff. And when I pushed play mm-hmm. on album one, I was mm-hmm. thrilled that they had mm-hmm. a collection of blues songs at the beginning of their catalog. Yeah. Because it yeah. really it really built me into liking their early stuff way more than anything that happened from like, like the late 70s on. Mm-hmm. Because this was this is right in my wheelhouse of things I like. I mean, yes, I like Dream Theater, and yes, I like Mushroom Head, but I also played in blues bands for years. So this is interesting because it'll it'll uh, well, we're going to have a timeline here that is going to look like a Venn diagram okay. where there is a little bit of overlap in the early seventies. I mean, I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy this blues stuff, but it was well, it's it less didn't polished and less with me as much. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's less polished and it's not quite as poppy and catchy. I mean, yep. And, and, you know, you are the poppy, catchy, lyric, catchy hook guy. I am. And yep, when, I'll, when, I'll admit it. when musicians go fishing, they don't need to put bait on their hook if it's just got a hook. <laughs> That's right. Just ask the blues travelers. Yeah. The blues travelers. <laughs> John Popper and the blues travelers. The blues travelers. <laughs> It was around this time, 1968, that Danny Kerwan was brought into the band. He was an 18-year-old guitar player. And the first number one single in the UK, Albatross, featured Kerwan and Green. January of 1969 saw the release of English Rose, a compilation album that featured part of Mr. Wonderful and some new songs that Kerwan had brought to the band. August of 1969, they released another compilation album called The Pious Bird of Good Omen. It was B-sides and other singles that the band had done with uh, Edit Boyd. 1969, they released Then Play On. Uh, later U.S. pressings would add Oh Well to this, to this track listing. Of course, this would be a staple of live shows and a very, very, probably the most popular song of the pre- Buckingham Knicks era of Fleetwood Mac is uh, is oh well also very well covered by Joe Jackson mm-hmm. on his Laughter and Lust album great cover right there uh, this this would be then play on would be their first quote unquote rock album but it was still super blues based. Very bluesy, yeah. 
Yep. It just it had some more distortion in it and a little bit uh, a little bit pickup in the tempos, but it's still a blues album. Yep, for sure. 1969 saw the release of uh, Fleetwood, also saw the release of Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. This is a live album that was recorded in January of 1969, but it was released in December. It featured the band playing with Willie Dixon, Buddy Guy, Otis Spann, and other blues notables. It was at this point in the research that I learned that Mick and George Harrison are brothers-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So who, so it's somebody that Patty Harrison... I think so. Yeah. Brother. Yeah, I don't brother. remember. I was just ty- I was just typing it up and it's like, yeah, his brother-in-law was there playing too, George Harrison. I'm like, what? Wow. That's crazy. That's totally cool. Which is weird cuz cuz that also means that uh they're brothers-in-law and then Eric Clapton might also end up being their brother-in-law too. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. If it is <laughs> if if Patty Harrison is the connection, then yeah, that would be what a what a weird little Weird Talk about Venn diagrams. Roll. Oh, and by the way, uh, this is where the soap opera starts. Kind of is, yeah, right. By the way, this this Fleetwood Mac in Chicago, this live album was the last of the band's all blues recordings. And this is where things changed for me, for for him and and for me. <laughs> uh, just a short time later, they wrote and released the single "Man of the World" with "Somebody's Going to Get Their Head Kicked In Tonight" as the B side. I've flown across every time I've seen lots of By 1969, Green had become a regular user of LSD, and a bad trip in Germany is thought to have had a huge impact on his mental health and future. So it'd be funnier if he had been a regular user of LDS and a bad trip in Germany affected his mental health. (laughs) That's a very different meaning, doesn't it? (laughs) Green's last recording with the band was the Green Manalishi and a live performance in Boston in February 1970. Uh, Judas Priest uh, covered that later on to much fanfare because the Priest cover is great because, you know, Rob Halford can sing. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Green left the band in April of 1970, and the entire recording of that Boston show was released a couple decades later in the late 90s. 1970, Kiln House was released. This one featured a mix of Kirwan's rock and Spencer's more country-flavored songs. Christine Perfect sang backup and playing, played keyboards on the track. Uh, she also drew the cover, the album cover, and she also married John McVie and became Christine McVie. Her, why would you change your name if your name is Christine Perfect? Well, she, she <laughs> just kept it and been Christine Perfect McVie. Perfect McVie. <laughs> oh, that's great. And if they had five, if they had five children, you know what their kid could be called? The Hold perf- on, let me see if uh, the perfect. All right, what is it? Perfect Fifth, which is the oh, okay. musical reference. That's a musical thing yeah. that I that I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn it! For for our for our benefit, I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, no, don't. Because there's like four listeners who will love that. <laughs> 
the original Fleetwood Mac, another compilation album, was released with previously unreleased music on it. In 1971, while on tour, Jeremy Spencer said he was going out to get a magazine, and he never came back. Oh, just like my dad. Just Actually, kidding. after <laughs> just, just like uh, in Rockstar, he goes, "I'm going to go take a piss." Right. And then yes. leaves. It never comes back. Yep. Uh, after several days, it was discovered that he had joined a religious cult. Uh, in the summer of 1971, Bob Welch was hired as the new guitar player. And boy, a new vocalist for sure. Yeah. 1971 saw the release of Future Games. This was a very different sounding album from a band that was known for very different sounding albums. It didn't chart in the U.S., but it did help them gain some steam in the U.S. also certified gold. CBS Europe released a Greatest Hits album later that year as well. Two years, two Greatest Hits albums. <laughs> well, you know, we've covered we've covered the propensity of bands to create these compilations prematurely sometimes. Without a doubt. 1972 saw the release of Bear Trees. This contains songs mostly written by Kirwan, but the song Sentimental Lady was written by Bob Welch and Spare Me a Little of Your Love, uh, written by Christine McVie. That song, Sentimental Lady, would later be recovered by Bob Welch when he went solo after he left Fleetwood Mac and become a huge hit for him. And this version on this album is is almost, it's like 90% the version that he released solo. Just doesn't have, uh, I don't think, I don't know if Christine McVie guest vocaled on his solo. I don't think so. I don't think so. This album, Bear Trees, was certified platinum. And then Kirwan was fired in 1972. He'd, he'd become temperamental and had had issues with alcohol. Make a note of that because that'll kind of come back again. Yeah, that's, that's an <laughs> ongoing thing. That's an ongoing thing. Yes, totally is. 1973, they released the album Penguin. This album featured yet another lineup change by adding Bob Weston, Idle Race, and vocalist Dave Walker. Yes, the same kind of story seems to come down from long ago. Also that same year, Mystery to Me, uh, 1973, certified gold, another big hit for the band, Hypnotized, um, which I never, I never figured out what flew by the window in that song because it talks about something that flies by the window. Maybe it's an albatross. Uh, that was written by Bob Welch. Got a ton of airplay on the radio and became one of the most successful songs for them in the U.S. But then problems arose with the McVees. His alcohol abuse didn't help the strains that they were already having on their marriage. Other issues cropped up after interband affairs and divorces kind of hurt the touring for the album Mystery to Me. Weston was fired. This is this is where this is where the reality show stuff goes into high gear, and we move from being Big Brother to being. <laughs> real lives, real housewives of Fleetwood Mac. 
Yeah, totally. Totally. Peyton Place. Yes, yeah. That's <laughs> what it becomes. Yeah. Weston was fired two weeks into the tour, and in October of 1973, the band told their sound guy that the tour was over and that they were breaking up. After the band broke up, Clifford Davis had tour commitments to fill. He claimed ownership of the name and the right to pick new members. And he pulled the new Fleetwood Mac from the band legs, and they completed the tour. I'll have the uh, Fleetwood Mac and cheese, please. <laughs> what do they call that in, in France? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or in Amsterdam. The new group ended up being Elmer Gantry, Kirby Gregory, Paul Martinez, John Wilkinson, and Craig Collinge. Uh, the gigs with the new band were pretty good. The tour was cut short, being uh, being that they ended up with heckling and hostility. There was a lawsuit to settle ownership of the name, and after some back and forth, it finally got settled out of court. And while the other version, the new Fleetwood Mac, went out on tour, the quote-unquote real Fleetwood Mac, it's kind of like the real Ghostbusters, uh, <laughs> Fleetwood Mac decided they needed to move to California to be in better proximity to the label. It was then that they released 1974's Heroes Are Hard to Find. Uh, it charted higher in the U.S. than previous albums. This album and the tour saw Christine's role in the band expand more, a lot more vocals, a lot more prominence in the band. While looking to replace Bob Welch, uh, Mick Fleetwood heard a cut called Frozen Love by a band called, or a duo called Buckingham Knicks. They met, and uh, Lindsay and Stevie both joined the band in 1974. This is, this is where things change yet again. Fleetwood Mac 4.0 yeah, uh, yeah. surfaces. And this is where I realize that maybe I'm not as much a Fleetwood Mac fan as much as I am a Buckingham Knicks fan. And we can talk about that. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am glad yeah. you, I am glad that every once in a while you're able to hold up a mirror and do this kind of self introspection it, and cause it makes you a better person. <laughs> well, thank you. I didn't realize it was going to be such a Dr. Phil moment, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it, but it, it totally, it totally tracks because even as I listen to the albums going forward from this point, um, you've got your, they really become on each album, they become three different bands. There's the Christine McVie songs that are upbeat, poppy, and very straightforward. There are the Stevie Nicks songs, which are the wispy fantasy inspired put a, uh, a transparent red scarf over the lamp kind of <laughs> and listen to them. Uh, but then you had the Lindsey Buckingham songs and it was like, it was stuff that you just imagined he had to fight to get included on the album. Some of it very experimental, some of it mainstreamy. And I think those are the ones that worked the well, that worked the best for me, but still, still had an edge to them that I really liked. Well, let's talk about that first album, 1975's Fleetwood Mac, which is also known as the White Album. And yeah, it's a it's another album called Fleetwood Mac. I guess Led Zeppelin released a bunch of albums called Led Zeppelin. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, at least Led Zeppelin had the had the decency to put the numbers one, two, and three after uh, each of theirs. <laughs> 
Fleetwood Mac, by the way, that album opens with the first track on that first album that Lindsey Buckingham appears on. They put a Lindsey Buckingham song on there. And that is a bold move, right? To like, here's this band that's been established for 10 years, different lineups. It's got its, probably it's got its fan base built. We're bringing in a new guy and we're going to give him the lead off track, which is, which is great. But damn, if Monday morning isn't a, a killer track, it's such a great opener. This album was a huge breakthrough, reaching number one uh, hits on there like Over My Head, Say You Love Me, and Rhiannon, which was the Stevie Nicks uh, uh, fantasy fest. Landslide, of course, got a lot of airplay too. Another Stevie Nicks track about her father. In 1976, the band had a lot of, oh, you guessed it, internal strife. Uh, Divorces, breakups, and other pressures, including people sleeping with everyone else led to personal tensions and maybe to a marked uh, increase in drug and alcohol use. Color me shocked. Right, exactly. I'm trying to remember, Stevie Nicks was was in a relationship with Lindsey Buckingham, but ended up sleeping with Mick Fleetwood or John McVie or something. I mean, it really, there was like... It, 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 I don't think it matters. It's just somebody else. Right, yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. What up with that, indeed. Uh, 1977, the big album, Rumors. This is, uh, you know, if there's a Stairway to Heaven album, it is Rumors. it is. The content of this album was pulled from all the turmoil and strife that they were going through. It it totally was. I mean, like I said, it was Peyton Place with all the sleeping around, but but that turmoil became the content for so many great songs, Go Your Own Way, and um, uh, The Chain. The Chain is is probably the epitome of all that stuff. And, and you make love and fun because I've tried everybody and you are the one that makes love and fun. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this album won a Grammy, had four top 10 singles. What were they having? They were Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, and You Make Love and Fun. You got stop and you got go. Don't stop. And the next track on the album is go your own way. So it's <laughs> stop and go right there. Gold Dust Woman and The Chain also got a lot of airtime on radio. They followed that album with Tusk in 1979. This one was a lot more experimental. There were 20 tracks spread out over two LPs. The uh, The title track, probably the most uh, famous, um, well, maybe not the most famous track from the album, but the one that certainly has the longevity. Think About Me and Sarah, uh, other popular songs. So Sarah is six and a half minutes down and was edited down for to four minutes for a Greatest Hits release. So I guess that's their epic. It probably is, yeah. 
Six and a half minutes of Sarah. Jeez. The entirety of Tusk was played on the radio, and the band blamed that and people taping it uh, with their little home tape recorders on lower sales numbers. It just wasn't as good an album. Yeah, I didn't think it was. It was good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you wasted six and a half minutes on Sarah, so you probably could have put something catchier on there. And it was probably, you know, people maybe heard it on the radio, the entirety on the radio, and then said, oh, yeah, that's not as good. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going to go listen to rumors again. <laughs> right, exactly. So maybe that that is what the effect is on sales numbers. Not that people recorded as much as they heard it and said, yeah, I don't need to buy that. Yep. Uh, 1980 Live was recorded in Germany, and they performed with Bob Marley. That's a that's a left field pull, I think. Yeah, it is. And I wonder who opened. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I think it depends on where you see it, right? Like where... Well, it was in Germany, so I'm I'm betting Bob Marley um, opened for them. Yeah, uh, probably. Weird. 1982 saw the release of Mirage. This was a return to try and capture, recapture the success of Rumors. This was uh, released after solo albums from Nix, Fleetwood, and Buckingham. And that Buckingham solo album is great. Had the, the song Trouble... Go Insane would be a little bit later, but that's also another great one. Mirage included the singles Hold Me, Love in Store, Gypsy, and Oh Diane. I'm guessing Gypsy got to be one of the few songs out there that is a uh, a term you don't, you don't, that's politically incorrect. Yeah, I wonder how that works now. Maybe they don't play it. Yeah. It's not a, it's, it's weird. Like we talked about this with Dead Milkman, how they have a couple songs with words in the songs that you just can't yeah. do anymore. So I'm wondering yeah. how they handle titles of songs you can't do anymore. I think you just, yeah, I think radio stations probably have a moratorium on yeah. stuff like that just yeah. to avoid the letters and complaints and stuff like that. Uh, other also, singles? I was going to say Eyes of the World and Can't Go Back are were also uh, minor successes for him as well. The band went on a break after this tour. They were probably exhausted from all that sleeping together. It led to some more solo albums from the members. Fleetwood filed for bankruptcy and Nicks, Stevie Nicks went into treatment. She did not say no, no, no. In 1985, the first release of, uh, release of Live in Boston, which culminated in a three-disc remastered set in 1998 and another version in 2003. So it got released three times. One for each disc. <laughs> right? Yeah. 1987 saw the release of Tango in the Night. This album recaptured some of the success of rumors. It charted well in the U.S. and the U.K., had four hit singles. Little Lies, Everywhere, Seven Wonders, and Big Love were all hits. Uh, Family Man and Isn't and Isn't It Midnight also were released, but they didn't chart as well. It's um really for me the end of the the end of the the fun. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, by the time I got to Mirage, I was really done. I it yeah. was a it was a slog for me to get through these last few albums. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of them, but I didn't enjoy all of them. There's some 
you know, there is some some cruft that you get on a few of these albums. And um, from 1990 on, I just was like, do I have to? Come on, Brian, oh, we'll never well, know if I ever. If I don't do it, he won't know. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the the '80s stuff. No, yeah. I'm, when we the... get to when we get to uh, well, this next album, I've got some things to say. Yeah, you go <laughs> go ahead. Uh, let's see, 19. Or, I'm sorry. Before the tour, by the way, for Tango on the Night, there was a meeting that devolved into turmoil and a reportedly physical altercation between Buckingham and Nix. And the result of this was that Buckingham left and Billy Burnett and Rick Vito were hired to take his place. It's funny how they had to hire two people to do what he was doing. I'm not surprised. Buckingham Buckingham is is one of the most brilliant songwriters and guitarists out there. And it sounds like he is a big pain in the ass to work with. Well, he probably knows he is a good guitar player and songwriter, which makes it difficult yeah. for him to be around or makes yeah, it difficult maybe. for people to be around him. Maybe. It's just, it's too bad all that incredible talent is wrapped in a, in ego, a shell that... In ego yeah, shell. Yeah, really is. 1990, they released Behind the Mask. The style of this album changed to be a more adult contemporary sound. <laughs> like I said, from 1990 on, I thought, if I don't listen to all of it, Brian will never know. Yeah, no, you didn't have to. I didn't make it through. I listened to every song on the album, but I didn't listen to the full song in most cases. Because oh, man. See, I didn't know we had that rule. I went yeah, through we all. totally got that rule. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. No, I figure my rule, my personal rule is through the first chorus. I okay. have to listen through the first chorus. Okay. Once I feel like I've got the song, it's like, okay, yeah, we can move on. But okay. uh, Information I could have used, uh, information I could have <laughs> used six years ago. Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> some of that Slayer stuff, I was, I was counting down the seconds until the chorus, if there was a chorus. Yeah, this, this, this album just sounds like everything else out at the time in 1990 and not, not very good. Like yeah. Michael Bolton. Oh yeah. Uh, That's uh, the cheesy Richard Marks stuff, that weird period yeah. where Richard Marks wasn't doing anything good. Yeah. Uh, this only generated one top 40 hit. Kind of surprised you even had one called Save Me. And it was after this tour that Nix and Vito left the band. Then there were four or something like that. In 1992, a four-disc box set was released called 25 Years the Chain. This this is, uh, I've got this and it's fantastic. Contains a lot of B-sides, alternate versions, and unreleased tracks. Live at the Marquee, 1967, was released in 1992. And the Rumors lineup was called up by Bill Clinton for his inaugural ball. So bringing back Nick's and Buckingham for that. Don't Stop was his campaign theme. And I remember that. I remember the, the seeing it on TV, all of them dancing up there to uh, Don't Stop. 1995, Time was released. This was not an ex- uh, a success. It had no impact at all on the musical <laughs> landscape. And it had no impact on my ears either. This was the most boring pap 
I never listened to. I can't believe, and I've never heard this before, and I can't believe. I mean, I believe this is why I've never listened to it, never even heard of it. But yeah, it was just, if you were to put it on and say, this is Fleetwood Mac, I would have called you a damn dirty liar. Yeah. Uh, Mick V left after this album. Live at the BBC was released in 1995, but uh, the in 1996, the rumors lined up, form, reformed yet again for a song to be used on the Twister soundtrack. Right there with Van Halen. Right. They reunited right. the classic lineup for the with Twister the, soundtrack. Uh, David Lee Roth. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what kind of money they thought Twister was going to make, but... Uh, they had a sentient tornado it. chasing Helen Hunt. <laughs> it did. We have cattle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Dance, another live album, was released in 1997. This was performed by that newly reformed Rumors lineup. This brought them back into the limelight for the first time since Tango. And it's a great live album. It's um, a great concert video. It's on Quello if you if you have access to Quello. It's, it's really cool. Delving back into the catalog, London Live 1968 was released in 1998, and they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998 also. Uh, Shrine 69 was released in 1999. So basically they would just wait 30 years and release a live, a remastered live recording from 30 years uh, previous. In 2003, the album Say You Will was released. Uh, This one didn't have Christine McVie. She didn't participate in the recording of this album. So it's a uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham fronted joint. It, It charted well, produced a song called Peacekeeper as a single. I love that song Peacekeeper. It's, for me, it's the best Fleetwood Mac song since uh, Rumors. It's such a great, it's got such a great sound to it. And I don't know if Christine McVie would have been part of it, what they would have had her add to it, if she would have been additional backing vocals or or what. About this time, a one-hour documentary called Fleetwood Mac, Don't Stop, was made for the BBC. In 2011, after an episode of Glee, uh, which sparked new interest in the band, rumors re-entered the charts and reached number 11. And uh, In Concert was released in 2016. 2013, Extended Play was quote-unquote released. This was the first new material in 10 years. The EP peaked at number 48 and it produced the song Sad Angel as a single. This is a very difficult EP to find. Amazon Music has it, but a lot of the other streaming services don't don't like it or don't have it. And like I said earlier in the show, this is this is the point that I realized that I don't like Fleetwood Mac as much as I like Buckingham and Nicks, which makes me think I need to go back and listen to the pre-Fleetwood Mac Buckingham Nicks stuff. Yeah. It sounds like a plan. Neil Finn of Crowded House, one of my favorite musicians ever, worked with uh, Stevie Nicks, Christine McVie, and uh, Campbell to release Find Your Way Back Home in 2020 uh, to fundraise help homeless shelters in New Zealand. And it's actually that group that I saw on tour. Um, it was Fleetwood Mac, no Buckingham, but they replaced him with Neil Finn. And I enjoyed it tremendously. So I guess maybe Buckingham isn't a full requirement. But of course they did, for the most part, it was all the hits since 
including rumors and everything since, or, yeah. or Fleetwood, the, the Fleetwood, the White Album. Yeah. They did Oh Well and World Turning, which are uh, more, um, I guess the Oh Well is a Mick Fleetwood song, and he did a great drum solo for that one as well. Hammond, tell me some statistics and general notes. They have over 20 comp- compilations and or greatest hits releases. So we could have done an entire hour on just those <laughs> if we we'd chosen. Yeah, exactly. They have it also o- made our, our choosing songs very difficult because yeah. boy, there are a lot of songs on all those compilations. I kind of admit that I kind of just, unless they were some of the big, big names, I didn't, I didn't try yeah. too hard. They have they have over thirty music videos. They were around before they mattered, and when they mattered, then then they were there after they mattered. So it was great that they continued mm-hmm. to do that. Rumors has sold nineteen million copies by two thousand three and was certified diamond, uh, and has sold forty million worldwide. Diamond, that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Not many groups get to do that. They have more lineup changes than any other band we've covered. I think. Oh, probably. Yeah, I think so. I can't think almost, of too almost many. On a, almost on a per album basis. I think the birds had a ton albums. of. I think the birds had a ton of album or lineup changes too. But I don't know. I think this might have more. Yeah, I would bet these guys have more. Uh, well, let's say, like me, you were lucky enough to see Fleetwood Mac in concert in one of their iterations. Of course, you're not leaving that show until you hear the song that is their "Stairway to Heaven." Hammond, what? Are our choices for their stairway to heaven? So I pick uh, my list is Rhiannon, uh, Landslide, and Don't Stop. But I think my pick is Go Your Own Way because it's a great song for them to play before they leave. You know, you can't stay here, but you can go your own way. <laughs> yeah, I think it feels like the chain from what I hear is what they always ended the main set with because it, it ends so perfectly for uh, everybody come up to the front of stage, take a bow before the um, encores. But they save, like, the big songs for the encores. I like that. Go Your Own Way is a good choice. However, Go Your Own Way is number three. Number, numbers one and two are Stevie Nicks-fronted songs. Rhiannon is number one. And Landslide, number two. Uh, the rest of the top 10, The Chain, Dreams, forgot about Dreams. Oh, no, you didn't. You had that on the list. World Turning, which I think is where you get your big Mick Fleetwood drum solo, even though that's a, wow, that is a, that's a Mick Fleet. No, that's a Buckingham, Mick Fleetwood, and Christine McVie number, because vocals go back and forth between Buckingham and McVie on that one. Uh, Don't Stop, number seven, Gold Dust Woman. Uh, number eight, I'm So Afraid, and Oh Well, rounding out the top 10. As far as uh, covers, number 18 is uh, Stevie Nicks' Stand Back, so performing that as a band. Don't Let Me Down Again, which is a Buckingham Nicks song, number 41. Go Insane, uh, of course, Lindsay Buckingham solo. Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House, which obviously they didn't start covering until Neil Finn joined them, but they performed that 90 times in concert, so that's uh, that's how many <laughs> shows they've done with Neil Finn. Uh, same with Free Fallen by Tom Petty. They did that in on, on tour, uh, which is great, uh, great cover by Stevie Nicks. Speaking of covers, who we'd like to hear them cover? Um, I'll go first, as I always do. 
Uh, kind of your more similar California pop, but a group of sisters named Haim, H-A-I-M, they put out a song called The Wire, which I think would be a perfect fit for the band as long as it was the the rumors lineup. So you've got a good place for all three vocalists, uh, Stevie Nicks, Christine McVie, and Lindsay Buckingham, uh, assuming you can put all three of them in a room long enough <laughs> together, long enough to record it. Having their individual vocals, the chorus has a great place for harmonies, and it has a solid California pop vibe. I'd be surprised if if Haim doesn't credit Fleetwood Mac as an influence to them because their sound is is very similar. But uh, uh, I think that would fit. How about you, Hammond? You have to go back to the Rumors era, which isn't my favorite era, but it fits yeah. for this. So I think that they could really do a cool version of the uh, mid-tempo rock, because that's kind of where they fit comfortably, of uh, yep. Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons Project. Ooh, good choice. Yeah, I could hear that. Because sure. there's plenty of room for harmonies. There's lots of room for guitar work. There's lots of things you could do to layer in all of the Fleetwood Mackiness that you want to stick in there. Yep. But yep. Uh, I think there's it's a, it's a good set of bones for them to build on. Who would you have doing? Would you have them doing the I am the Eye in the Sky as a as like um, all three of them. Nick's, yes, and, I would definitely have them Buckingham. harmonizing that together. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, then you could hear, you could actually hear Nick's doing the don't let yeah. fire uh, rush uh, to uh, your head. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they could each take turns. Great each verse. voice of rock yeah. and roll. They could each oh, take yeah, turns with true. verses. So there's lots of room for them to be super creative with this. That's a good point. All right. Love it. Love it. <laughs> got um 30 of their greatest hits albums they're different <laughs> iterations of greatest hits albums but you're looking for something a little bit extra uh we have our playlists which uh, are songs you can before add you, to. before you yeah. start this is this band is exactly why we do this show though it's got such a huge catalog people don't know where to jump in they don't know where to start and That's we kind of filled the pool with acceptable water for them to dip their toes in to see if they want to keep swimming they can put one foot in the greatest hits album and then put the other foot in our playlist mm -hmm. and get and get the perfect mix of essentials and deep cuts. Uh huh. Yeah. Well done. Uh, all right. My playlist is uh, starts off with Buddy's song. This is from Kiln House. Here's what's cool about this. It is like, you know, I love I love songs that re uh, reference other songs. Boy, this one references just about every Buddy Holly, or as I wrote it in the notes, Budley, <laughs> Budley Holly. <laughs> references every Buddy Holly song that was a hit for him and even puts it in his style, but isn't a straight cover. It's not an actual cover of a Buddy Holly song. So I love this. Number two on my list is a song called Blue Letter. This is from the White Album. For me, it's really hard to pick a favorite Lindsey Buckingham track. I think uh, Secondhand News 
is great, but I think it's probably considered enough of a hit that I couldn't include it on this list. But this one, Blue Letter, is up near the top for me and, and is probably the my favorite non-hit Buckingham-fronted track. It's really, really good. Uh, you and I, part two... This one sounds a lot like the solo stuff that Lindsay was doing around this time, the Go Insane album and, and uh, Buana and Trouble, which I was really, really into. I really liked a lot of his solo stuff. Miranda from the Say You Will album. I was really excited to see them put out this album. I'd gotten back into them after the dance and going back and listening to the that era, the Rumors era stuff. So I was really excited about Say You Will. Uh, love Peacekeeper, but obviously can't use it for aforementioned reasons. However, Miranda is another one of these great songs. It's another really good Nick's Buckingham fronted track. And it it's it's a solid, a solid number. It's really, really good. And then this uh, EP, this extended play that they released uh, a few years ago, Miss Fantasy. closing track uh, and kind of what I'm guessing is the last we hear of Buckingham and Nick's harmonizing together, working together. It's a great send-off for those two as a duo and it's a, it's a really, really good song. It is. Hammond, how about you? All right. So I pulled a lot of mine from the early part of the catalog because as I said before, they're yeah. all bluesy. So it's a great, great. And then, you know, this our playlists complement each other. So that's great. And also it kind of is a perfect reflection of us. It is. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. So, um, is. <laughs> so the first one I picked was hellhound on my trail from Peter Green's on Fleetwood Mac. This is a straight up simple blues tune. I mean, it's 12 bars. Uh, it's got all the right bluesy, tropey things you want in a blues song. But I heard it and like, whoa, this is the Fleetwood Mac we're listening to? Not knowing that I was going to swim into the adult contemporary Fleetwood Mac later. <laughs> yeah, we would. And then I picked uh, Dust My Broom from Mr. Wonderful. slide-based old-fashioned blues tune. So the first one's just straight-up blues. Uh, this this one is uh, got a whole lot of slide guitar on it, which is, I mean, 
I've tried playing slide. It's not easy as you think. You think you just slide up and down on it? No, it's not just sliding. It's working. So uh, it's it's cool. Then I picked Jigsaw Puzzle Blues from Pious Bird. This is another style of blues. It's got this finger picking instrumental thing going on with it. And uh, they really, un- they really stretched in these first three picks of mine. They really stretched their or like blues knowledge to show you. They just don't do straight 12 bars. They can play slide. They can do finger picking stuff. They can do all kinds of things. So I already had a really strong appreciation for them as musicians. As I moved into the, the pop and the adult contemporary. And I'm like, kept shaking my head going, why did they go this way when they have all this other stuff mm. they could lean on? Yeah. Especially if they just ran distortion pedals and turned it up a little bit, they could just keep doing blues rock just in, in more of a rock structure instead of what they ended up doing. But I can't complain. Rumors is a great album. So yeah. Uh, then my fourth one is rattlesnake shake from play on. Shake. This moved into more hard rock sound, but there's still 12 bars in it. And it, to kind of a comparison, this feels like a ZZ Top song. Oh, it totally did. Yeah, it's a good comparison. That album, yeah. that whole album sound like that. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one I picked was Future Games. It's a self-titled, it's a title track from it. The harmonies on this one are super interesting, especially in the verse. And, you know, as far as my picks, this was a, a shift from all the blues stuff that I picked. But the reason I picked it was because the harmonies in the verse were super interesting and kind of unique. And I was I listened to it twice because it really piqued my interest on what they were doing with their their harmonies. Very good. Good choices. And I think like you like like we said, I mean, these this these playlists reflect us and also give you a good range of stuff and so um as you know as we always say at the end of the show you can hear that playlist in spotify but i'm saying it right now because it's 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 emphasized right now by the variety that you're going to get in these two playlists uh hammond who are we doing next who are we talking about next time well we finished the big four of thrash with metallica and we started the big four of grunge way back in season one or two Hmm. when we did pearl jam yeah so now we're picking up the the flaming torch of grunge and we're doing Allison chains number two of the grunge big four. Oh, I love Allison. I think she's great. Yeah. Allison chains. <laughs> hey, she's, Allison, Allison is so talented. Yes. She, she, uh, <laughs> she's been to, she's been to wonderland. She's, <laughs> she's been a Cooper. <laughs> yep. She's been a Cooper. Allison Cooper. Wow. Allison Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <You like that? laughs> she's been in a Krauss. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's probably more appropriate. <laughs> no, but we're going to do Alice in Chains. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this because I have a feeling you're going to come out mixed on this. That's my bet because I'm a fan. 
And I have a feeling you're going to go 50-50. There are certain songs I know you're going to like and others of them you're going to yeah. go, yeah, this was a pill I had a hard time chewing on. I'll bet because this is this this is where I represent what I think is uh, a lot of our audience familiar with the big hits, you know, familiar with the big songs, but not familiar with a lot of the deep cuts. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, that'll be our next episode. And if you want to get in touch with us between now and then, well, email us soundographypodcast at gmail dot com. Got a great email today about um, the Metallica. Uh, box set. Flashbacks of hate and discontent from the box yes, set. right. PTSD from the Metallica <laughs> box set. Um, we'll read that email next time on the air because I think it's great. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at The Soundography. Uh, of course, the website, soundography.com. You go there and you find every single episode we've ever done, all 131 plus because of all the bonus episodes. Um, go to soundography.com. Every playlist or every episode uh, features a link to our Spotify playlist when appropriate, as well as links to buy the songs on Amazon and a way to support the show on Patreon. Uh, we are still putting out Patreon episodes, uh, movie reviews, mu musical movie reviews, and also have some swag coming. I was notified that the uh, the pins are on their way to me. So really? they might not be in a in a shipping container off the coast of Los Angeles. We'll have to see. It's still coming from China, so it's, it's anybody's guess. It's but. the one that Captain America beat up uh, Gollum on. Yeah, right. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so check it out. Patreon.com slash soundography if you want to support and the show. We love we love your support. Yeah, I will say that the, the, the episode we, we did today before this yeah. had some yeah. of the greatest jokes we've ever come up with in the entire time we've been working together. It did. It absolutely did. And a collaborative joke that, uh, that you'll, you'll probably see on Twitter before you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. If you have a review of the show, please leave it uh, where people can see it. If it's a good review, if it's not a good review, then I don't know, put it on Spreaker. Or, or, or send it to us, send it us, and we'll read it and feel bad about ourselves for a while, and then you know move on. That's right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Now, uh, we love seeing your reviews, good or bad, and uh, so, so it helps us grow. It helps us grow. I, I we help. learn things every time, and it helps new people discover the show. Yep. Um, that's going to do it on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain. This is Brian Ibbett saying we're going to stop thinking about tomorrow, and we'll see you next time right here on Soundography. Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.